0: Live to tape.
1: Welcome to Millennial Season Two, Episode Four. I'm Andrew.
2: I'm Elisa. I'm Laura.
1: And I'm Matt. How's everybody doing? Rabbit, rabbit to y'all.
2: Oh, Rabbit, Rabbit, Groundhog
1: Day. Yep, yep. In the season of love. I just want to, uh, before we move on to the the rest of the show, I know we're only 10 seconds in, but before we move on, I just want to apologize for the audio issues last week. Not proud of that. Not happy with myself. So... Good. That's
2: okay. We're not we're not happy with you either. Yeah.
1: yeah, go to hell, Andrew. You probably all were talking shit behind my back, and you know what? I understand. No,
2: no, we definitely were. It's fine. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's true. Like
2: one hundred and ten percent.
1: All right. Uh, we are doing guess who's drinking this week. So listen to each of us carefully. One of us is secretly drinking as we record. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> as we record, <laughs> so uh, we will have a poll going on on our twitter twitter twitter.com slash millennial show and in our facebook group which is facebook.com slash groups slash millennial show last time everybody got it wrong everybody thought it was
2: laura i wonder why and it was me so i mean it's so weird it's not like i sound like i'm drunk all the time it was a valid guess
3: like let's be honest like it was i would have guessed it
2: (laughs) Well, right. you and I, you and I have a very sordid history, Matthew. So we do,
3: we do. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, we won't. But we'll bring it up at another <laughs> episode or something. I have a feeling that's not going to stay a secret.
1: We got a we got a mixed bag, I would say, of of content this week. We are going to talk about Iowa, of course. We're going to take a couple of associate producer choices, catch up on a couple of those. And we have a new game as well. But first, I wanted to ask you guys, did you see Grease Live on Fox the other night? I kind of did, actually. Ooh. Well, I, the reason I wanted to mention it is that it was really good. NBC has now done three live musicals. First one was The Sound of Music. The second one was Peter Pan. And the third was The Wiz. And they were all good. But they were kind of like, you go on Twitter and you make fun of it the whole time. That's That's what those three were. And so Fo- they, they, they got huge ratings for NBC. So Fox decided to follow. They announced Grease Live a year and a half ago. <clears throat> and lo and behold, it ended up being really, really, really good. Um, first of all, it's obviously a great musical. Everybody's familiar with Grease and the songs that come with it, but it was the production was so remarkable. Anybody who watches this will probably be blown away. Um, that's my opinion on it, at least. It it starred, uh, Aaron Tivett as Danny, Julianne Hugh as Sandy, and Vanessa Hudgens as Rizzo. And what was so remarkable about it was that you were really in the middle of the action and they had multiple sets. Including a big one outdoors and a couple indoors. And it was just amazing how they moved in and out uh, between songs and put the camera in the center of the action. It was, I was just really in love with it. So definitely check it out if you're into musicals at all, uh, if you haven't already. Mm. It wasn't bad.
3: Like it wasn't, it wasn't great. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, no, I, no, I agree though. I mean, like I, I'm not, I wasn't as excited and, yeah, no, fuck Jesus, it. Like fuck it. it was okay. Like it was for a live for a live musical that they'd done. It's definitely the best of the previous ones. Yeah, but um, but, I I I I don't know. I just think they should stop with live musicals. I think. Well, they don't have to do it every year. Well, uh, money money you know, talks. So <clears throat> I
4: do. Well, okay, I do but the, you have
3: to give Vanessa Hudgens though a lot of credit. Like her little trivia: her father passed away the day before uh, the show aired. So, oh, shit. yeah. And she, yeah, so she sure. had that and pulled it off anyway. It
4: did a great yeah, no, job. She was,
3: but she was, you could tell she was getting through it though. Like she was, she was just ready to get the, the whole show over with. So it was kind of sad, especially well, there's that what, one Matt? song that you, that her character has to sing. That's kind of sad. In more positive musical
1: news, I saw Book of Mormon in uh New York last week. Have any of you seen this?
2: yes i haven't i have not
1: well it was funny as fuck first of all i'm sure elisa
3: you loved it to death
4: amazing
3: (laughs) i've actually listened to the soundtrack which is kind of weird but i have i loved it it's so funny
1: yeah it's it's a it's a hilarious take on uh religion in general but i just wanted to bitch about something really quick so i saw it on broadway and it was it was exciting to see musical on broadway it's been a, a while since i've done that um and so, me and my friend Richard, who I mentioned last week, we we were pre-gaming before the show, and then we decided, okay, we'll get one more drink at the musical. <clears throat> and so, we get in, and we go to the bar, and Richard orders I- – I'm buying for both of us – and uh Richard orders first, and he gets a double of, I don't know, vodka and something. And so, the bartender turns to me and was like, okay, what do you want? And I was like, well, shit, he got a double. I'll get a double, too. So they give us them, they they give us the drinks in like these plastic sippy cups so you can drink it in the in the, uh, in the theater itself. Well, you can drink in the theater? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And, and he turns to me, the bartender, and with a smile on his face, he says, $57? $57 for two fucking drinks! I was shocked! Welcome to New no, York! oh well, that's, that's... It's that's, been waiting for you! I was... That's pretty... That's pretty basic. No, no, it is not. Not for two drinks in sippy cups. No, two doubles. Two doubles. Two. You're telling me fifty-seven divided by two. You're telling me two. A single double drink costs $28 anywhere No, but a,
2: single drink a is, double no, drink I just, is basically two drinks. Yeah. So you had so you four order, drinks. So
3: each drink no. is fourteen twenty five. No. And you order a double, that's double the shot. Yeah. You pay for just the shot. Just the shot, not double the juice. <laughs> mm. <laughs> anyway,
1: I was, I was disgusted. <laughs> These fucking cups didn't even have the name of a the theater <laughs> on them. Or at least put Book of Mormon. Give me a souvenir cup. That's and a random theater name I wasn't Anthony, even
3: in. This is why you bring a flask.
1: Yeah, seriously.
2: Well, if you want to do something that'll make you kind of happy this month, Andrew, you can join the Millennial Book Club. Um, That is already starting, actually. We selected our book. We are reading The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Super interesting so far. Matt, I know you're reading it as well. I am. Um, I'm about 100 pages in at this point, and it's just like a very, very engrossing story. Um, I don't want to give away any spoilers for people who haven't started yet, but please join us. We're going to have discussions throughout the month, and then at the end of the month, we're going to have a Google Hangout and talk about it.
3: Woo! I'm excited for this. I think this is going to be great. I honestly do. This is probably one of our better ideas. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's talk
1: about the elephant in the room. It is Iowa. The big Iowa caucus was held on Monday night. But before we get into the results and, and what they mean, we wanted to often. Offer a overview of what the hell caucuses and primaries are.
2: yes, So we saw a lot of confusion in our Facebook group over the Iowa caucuses on Monday, and we really wanted to try and provide a sort of reader's digest version of what a caucus even is and why Iowa gets so much damn attention. So why is Iowa so important? Because between some rule changes, deadline issues, and I'm not even kidding here, a lack of hotel room availability, Iowa ended up being the first state to hold a caucus or primary in 1972. It's not only tradition at play, though. Iowa state law dictates that its caucuses have to be the first event to really kick off election season. So even if another state did try to schedule their event earlier, Iowa would simply schedule their caucuses earlier than that in order to be first. So if you weren't aware of this before, you're probably starting to see why campaigning in the states starts so early and goes on so long. Then the next question a lot of people have
4: is, what is a caucus even? And how is it different from a primary? Well, caucuses actually used to be more commonly used than primaries, but today only a handful of states still use them. Uh, but primaries tend to be less confusing because they're more straightforward, Primaries are pretty similar to the general election process where voters cast secret ballots for the candidate of their choosing. A caucus, on the other hand, is not a secret vote. In fact, it's super public. People who are caucusing openly demonstrate their support for a candidate within their party by just sort of, sort of shuffling to whichever side of the room represents their Chosen candidate. The results are then used to determine the configuration of delegates at the nominating conventions. It's basically just another way for states to voice their support for a candidate. But instead of casting direct votes, the people cast votes that are then used to determine the number of delegates that each candidate gets. And then those delegates move forward to the nominating convention and vote On the people's behalf.
3: But where things get really confusing is with the parties themselves. The Democrats and Republicans have completely different systems of tallying votes. The Republicans are actually pretty efficient. You show up, write the name of your preferred candidate on a piece of paper, and drop it in a bucket. The votes are then counted by hand, and whoever gets the most votes wins. But the Democrats, if you want a lesson in inefficiency,
1: these are the people you want to talk to. Caucus goers must physically stand in some arbitrary area of the room, which has been designated as their candidate's corner. If you watched coverage of Iowa on Monday, you probably saw churches with Bernie signs on one side and Hillary signs on the other, with a bunch of people cloistered in each half of the room. There is then a 30-minute aligning period in which caucus goers can try to convince one another to literally come to their side come to the dark side with me and hillary a candidate must then meet a viability threshold of 15 percent in order to be counted so in poor martin o'malley's case his supporters either had the opportunity to join another candidate's group or try to convince other people to join them and as we'll talk about in a minute martin decided uh that things aren't going well for him last night
3: no no not at all
2: no right things were definitely not going very well for him last night um, as we saw, I think he was bouncing back and forth between like 0%. And zero percent, <laughs> <0% laughs> I mean, zero percent, zero. He got up to point five. <laughs> we'll give, we'll give him that. We'll give him that. Well, um, he's out of the race now as a result. So yes, but, yeah. Oh, shock! Spoiler alert! Don't don't ruin this for the people <laughs> at home. So we did kind of want to um, give a second to. Raise some feedback we got from Anna. She's actually from Iowa and last night or rather Monday night, she attended her first Democratic caucus. Hmm. And she said that she left quite conflicted. On the one hand, it was great to see the process firsthand and meet other voters. However, I also left feeling like there was a lot of human error involved. And like maybe a caucus isn't the most efficient or fairest way to do things in this day and age. For example, this happened in my district. And she provided a link there to the many districts, actually, that used coin tosses in order to determine who won because Bernie and Hillary tied evenly. Mm. Um, She also says, also, the seemingly simple task of counting how many supporters for each candidate were in attendance turned into this massively confusing blob of one random guy winding his way through the sea of people, silently counting and then reporting his number. No double checking, no actual accurate count. There were over 500 people there. It's 2016. Isn't there a more accurate way?
1: To play devil's advocate for a second, though, isn't that kind of the joy of it? It's like old school America.
2: Well, it's grassroots, right? I mean, so it's, it's kind of a really interesting, I think, case study of humanity. (laughs) You know, I really enjoyed watching it. And I've always really enjoyed watching the Iowa caucus. But I do think it's a fair point to bring up. I mean, this is the state that has a lot of influence on who the, the potential candidate might be. They don't always have the final say, but a lot of times they end up being correct yeah it's fucking
4: stupid that's what it is
2: <laughs> and i well be, i was trying to be diplomatic but
4: no it's, it's fucking ridiculous and, and i want to point out there's a lot of people particularly international listeners who are like how is this even democratic a coin toss so how is that any better than just like a pissing contest like why don't you just do that america it's not that's a problem the reason <laughs> i want to explain that 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 the reason that It's so convoluted right now is because this actually isn't an election in any legal constitutional sense. This has zero to do with, you know, the general or anything like that. This is just to pick the party's nominee and therefore. The parties have complete 100% control over how things are happening here. So the Democratic Party gets to choose, hey, are we just going to have a duel to the death? Do you have to play a super good game of Monopoly and then you win? Like they can do that. They can do whatever they want. And it's really not undemocratic from a legal constitutional standpoint because we can start a party. Me and Andrew tomorrow could go out and say, we're running on a ticket and we're going to be called, you know, millennial. And the way we're going to choose who wins our nomina- nominating process is by who gives the best blowjob. So get I ready. I would
1: win. I would and, win. I already know.
4: Right, of course. <laughs>
3: we, could,
4: we could do that. Anybody could do that. Hmm. I think the problem is a lot of people don't realize that, that this, this process is controlled 100% by the parties and not states or any legal entities.
2: Well, and I think people also wonder, too, like, why do the parties have so much power? I mean, another example of what they can do is they can actually penalize a state by not seating their delegates during the national convention later in the year if they don't follow Mm. whatever rules they've set up. So like for instance if a state tries to go and have their primary or caucus before Iowa which is like because sacrilege in the world of American politics the parties will punish them for it.
3: Mhm.
4: Well it's it's
2: I think it's
4: the it's important to think of our political parties as being private clubs or even like let's just say a church for example. So churches form their own hierarchies as well. So If there's a pastor who tells, you know, whoever, like, you know, a a congressional member of their other congregation, yeah, you know, you should do this. Or if you don't do this, I'm not going to baptize your child or et cetera, et cetera. They get to make those rules. It's not a legal issue. It's a private organization. They can do what they want the same way the four of us can do what we want on this show. There is no distinction. There's no difference. And I think if we have a problem with that, then the solution is frankly not to be involved with the parties, to not affiliate yourself with the party and to say, I don't want to be in your private shitty little club.
3: Aren't you yeah.
0: being
1: a little harsh on the caucus though? I mean, I think, I think it's, it's, it's important. I am. Um... It is oh, a, the first vote, and uh, and it builds momentum. Now but it's Cruz the f- has some momentum, and Trump has been hurt. He's wounded. You you saw him with, you saw him be a little humble last night when when uh, you know he gave his speech after the votes came in. So they have this momentum now. Cruz, in particular. Uh, the Democratic side, not so much. And they can build on that. And finally, we have some results. We have some voices finally putting pen to paper and saying, here's who I want to see
3: be president. But why? Okay. This is my question, though, about all this, all this cock is that why does this happen? Why does this happen within a five, within five months? Like, I know that Iowa is supposed to go first. That's fine. But why does it have to, why does it go all the way into June? Why can't all this shit just happen in one month? Because after this one caucus, like, I'm already exhausted. I don't want to then we Then we have New Hampshire. That's next. Then we have Super yeah. Tuesday. And then we have and then we have all I mean, we have fifth, we have 49 other states. Why does this have to happen like within the span of five months? It doesn't need to. Well, no, they can one, do
4: whatever they want.
3: Yeah. For one, though, I would
1: say the candidates need time to go into each state and spend time you know county by county, I mean, I know Cruz was uh boasting a lot about having visited every county in Iowa. Did that help necessarily it didn't hurt um so they need time there uh I know television and media they like spreading it out across multiple nights because uh, they're gonna sell more
3: ads if they're doing this ten times as opposed to just one yeah, but like at this point since we already started voting like we should already like uh, the the candidates should already have said what they needed to say at this point. So who cares uh who's winning in one state so then they have to try harder. Like that's that's not how it should run. It should be that at this point we should all just get our candidates, our primary candidates already voted on so now we can actually pay attention to the people that we actually should give a shit about.
4: Well, we actually have this is an AP choice question, so Before we, I I have something to say about that, but before we get to that, what about the results? Let's just talk about that. Andrew. Republican side you cover that shit because I can't even touch it oh I didn't watch last night somebody else oh you're it. so full of <laughs> shit oh, <my. laughs> oh I was
1: tuned into CNN you're absolutely right absolutely right so Cruz like I said won with 27.6 percent of the vote Trump came in second with 24.3 close behind was Marco Rubio with 23 percent and then Carson came in fourth with nine percent um What actually stunned me about the results most was that Rubio and Trump came so close to one another, Trump with 24.3, Rubio with 23.1, despite Trump having all this attention, all this time the media has been talking about him, uh, all this hoopla over his big events and so many people turning out for them. And yet he comes in second and only about one percentage point away from third place. That just really surprised me.
2: Well, and the thing that was really surprising about it, too, was just how well Rubio did. I mean, he was projected to be in third place. So as long as he got third place or above, he was doing great last night. So even though he still came in third, he barely came in third. So this is going to give him a lot of momentum. And it kind of freaks me out because I think he's more of a viable candidate personally for the Republican side. And I would not want to see President Rubio. And I feel like. Marco Rubio running in a, a in a, a presidential race could maybe have some advantages. So I'm kind of like, no, 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 nominate Ted Cruz, please, please.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's a fair point. Do you guys think real quick that Trump was what was hurt by the fact that he skipped that Fox GOP debate last week?
2: I don't know, because the really interesting thing was they were reporting last night that evangelicals were splitting 50 50 between trump and cruz Mm -hmm. which i found kind of interesting um because they were really expecting all the evangelicals to go for cruz
3: yeah
2: um and then half of them go for trump yeah so i don't i don't know that it necessarily hurt him i think the thing with caucuses especially in iowa so much of it is about your ground game so like you may be high in the polls everywhere else but then if you've got a good ground game in Iowa, you can win. I mean, look at previous winners. Rick Santorum won. So funny in hindsight. I mean, yeah. Like, when when has he ever done super well in a poll? Never. Right? But he just, he was really organized in Iowa. He had his shit together. So, I mean, Huckabee won in Iowa. Right. And then, you know, last he night out. he was like 2%. <laughs> and
1: then he dropped out. Yeah. He dropped yeah. out. Too good. Too good. So then, uh, how, how are things looking on the Democratic side, Elisa? Wow. Well,
4: well, we don't quite know 100%. Um, they it called it today. Out, they called it for Hillary Clinton today, but it was incredibly close. In fact, it was the closest, um, of any Iowa caucus
3: ever in history. So it I was think inc- it was so incredibly close.
2: It's yeah, what's like three what did, tenths of a percentage point. Three tenths. Yeah, she, she had a forty forty
4: nine point eight percent, I think at last count, or forty nine point nine, and then he and Bernie Sanders had forty nine point six. Mm-hmm. Um yeah,
3: I th- I think it was at least in my time, I think it was around like midnight, and like they said that they had all one hundred percent of all the votes in and they still hadn't declared a winner.
4: And the reason for that is because it's so easy, as we've just been discussing, it's so easy to miscount here Mm. and to for there to be so much confusion and, oh, who won this coin toss or who won this duel? Like, we just don't know. So they have to go back and, like, kill someone else. And, you know, they start from scratch. I don't know. But yeah, it was incredibly tight. And I don't know. How did you how do you guys feel about that? How do you feel about Sanders and Clinton being so neck and neck?
1: Well, you know, go ahead. I just I just want to mention I need to call out Laura for a second. We were talking in our in our millennial host group chat last night and Laura was so confident that Clinton was going to pull away easily. And uh, Clinton didn't have the early lead as the results started coming in. And then Sanders started creeping up. And before you know it, you knew it. CNN had to add the 10th decimal point onto their results because they were so damn close and I was I was getting excited I thought Sanders may yeah. pull ahead and I'm not necessarily a Sanders supporter I, I I personally I don't know who the fuck to vote for this early on Um, but. I I wanted to see Sanders win because his fan base or his supporters <laughs> are so passionate. I wanted to I wanted that they deserved this win and I wanted to see their egos jump to the next level after beating Hillary in fucking Iowa.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. Their egos should be jumping to the next level right now because mm-hmm. even though he didn't technically win, he overperformed. Oh, okay. Even if he had come out one or two percentage points below her, he still would have done incredibly well. And I think the Sanders campaign has done an awesome job in Iowa. I think it's going to give them great momentum going into New, into New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll probably win in New Hampshire as a result of this. However, once you start going into more diverse parts of the country where it's not 99% white liberal people, he may not do so well. And I hate to say that to be like the person who reigns on the Sanders parade because I like Bernie Sanders. I think he's great. If he got the nomination, I would absolutely vote for him. He's just not my preferred candidate. Um And I also did want to point out, I mean, even though they call it for Hillary, it really was effectively a tie. I mean, Hillary walked away with only five more delegates than yeah. Sanders. Mm-hmm. So really not that big of a difference. That's an important note as well, because Iowa used to be a
4: winner take all Uh, State at least for the Democrats. So if this had been just, you know, a few years ago, then Hillary just would have won outright all of the Mm -hmm. delegates. But that's not what happened here. They changed it. Actually, I think it was just last year they announced that they were changing it to be proportional. So this, in a lot of ways, is still a big win for Bernie because it doesn't give her the massive advantage that it used to give candidates when it used to be winner take all. Would
1: you have expected Sanders to do so well in Iowa, though? If he can do this well in Iowa, then I think he can do well anywhere.
4: Well, as Laura mentioned, Iowa is... um, White liberal. Well, not just that, but Iowa really depends on your ground game. It's very grassroots-oriented, and if there's one thing Sanders has going for him, it's grassroots. I mean, that's his Mm -hmm. bread and butter. So I think he did exceptionally well there. In part because frankly, it's just a fucking impressive campaign going up against, going up against the Clinton machine, Mm. like as ingrained as they are in our political structure and as much incredible backing as they have financially. This should have been a cakewalk and it wasn't. So part of it is just kudos to the Sanders campaign for being so fucking efficient and getting their message out, but also because They're better at grassroots, but I think he will struggle in states where he's where it's not as grassroots oriented.
1: I think the results coming this close, you know, forty nine point nine to point six will help Sanders with turnout greatly in the future because his people are so motivated. They love putting the bumper stickers on the back of the cars. I see them. I see them more than any other bumper sticker. They will turn out now because they were like, oh, shit, look how close we were to beating Hillary. We can't let that happen again. Like Laura said, New Hampshire probably going to win. And then after that, I think uh his base is going to be really motivated to not see another tie. I mean, if you were watching the Hillary or sorry, the Bernie uh, supporters last night, they were losing their minds watching it get this close. They really wanted to see him win. And I, I think they're going to make sure that that happens in, in future votes. And not be so close. So, moving on, like we said, New Hampshire is going to be February 9th, less than a week away. And, of course, we'll talk about that on Season 2, Episode 5 of Millennial. I just wanted to mention, how accurate are these caucuses? I mean, we we were talking earlier about why the hell we do them. Uh, For the record, Iowa has picked five of five Democratic nominees and three of five Republican nominees since 1996. New Hampshire has correctly selected four of five Democratic nominees and three of five Republican nominees, again, since 96. Um, When I say select, I mean they select the person who ended up receiving the Mm -hmm. nomination. So... Um, I just wanted to include one other thing here. This is a little sidebar. Of course, all the networks last night were doing their wall-to-wall coverage of the election. And MSNBC had their mic on this group of uh, people. And listen to this. And listen to MSNBC's reaction.
0: He doesn't want to ship them overseas and then bring them back when they're the not to What I want to do, what I want to know is how, because I get VA. I am VA. I am a vet. My mom's a vet. How is he going to fix it? Because I can tell you right now that the
2: VA is more screwed up than it has been in a while. The fact that I haven't gotten benefits in three months because the VA is so fucked up really <laughs> really, really makes me
0: concerned. So, how yeah, is yeah. this?
1: They pull the mic away.
0: Me on this. If you can't, right. Bernie's whole, well, whole you, idea um, on this is that if you can't. You know, can't when you listen to caucuses, you take the support. good with the bad. Right. Sorry and about that. People often
1: speak the way they do uh, out on the street. They just and... start apologizing profusely. The reporter there on the ground just starts shaking his head, being like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just let that to air.
3: Who uh, uh, gives a the shit? The fact they exactly. said that oh, you yeah. take the good and you take the bad, like, it wasn't That like, was the good. Was, that was the best part Yeah, that part of was pretty night. good. <laughs> right. Did
2: I... they? Was he saying that people talk the way they do on the street well, as no. though i'm pretty sure i heard him say that and i'm just like no i don't just talk that way on the street i talk that way i mean this is kind of my job right now i talk that way in my job
1: yeah but my point just is let's stop being freaking out over stuff like that happening on tv brian williams man
4: we oh, yeah. should really try and get millennial aired on their shit let's see how they feel about that fucking
1: millennials <laughs> if somebody can drop that into a live airing fucking millennials yeah. lifetime subscription to patreon for you
4: <laughs> listener <laughs> challenge yeah seriously listener challenge okay
1: so speaking of patreon we have a couple of ap choice questions here related to what we just discussed uh we mentioned the first one earlier from Riss. uh next one comes from ashley how do you guys feel about the elections in general for instance if you decide a candidate doesn't win if your decided candidate doesn't win would you vote the party line abstain or vote for the opposing party?
4: Um, I don't, it concerns me that this is such a valid question because how would you do anything in this particular election? Do anything other than vote for whoever your party Mm -hmm. puts up. Now, I, I don't think that's the case in every election. I think there are plenty of times where abstaining is a completely legitimate vote in and of itself. Um, Or if you really fuck if like the person that your party puts up uh, as president is like the devil, you don't want to vote for that person. But in this case, in this particular instance, if whether it's Hillary or Bernie, how would you not vote for one of them over Trump or Cruz? How would you not do that? And abstaining in that case is a is effectively a vote for Trump or Cruz. And likewise, frankly, likewise, if you're a Republican and you really, really support Cruz, let's say, how could you how could you ostensibly support Sanders? How could you be like, oh, you know what? I was really hoping Cruz wins, but he didn't. I'm stuck with Trump. I guess I just got to vote for Sanders now. Like, how How I don't understand how people rationalize that.
3: It seems like it's almost a punishment that they feel that is deserving if they don't if people do not get the vote that they want.
1: I it will depend, of course, on who the candidates end up being, but. Personally, if I'm going to go with my gut, I will probably stick with my party line. <laughs> you, you, I mean, switching to the opposing party, unless you happen to really like that person, I don't see yeah why
3: you would I mean, do that. I'm pretty sure that the four of us do lean towards the Democratic side. And of course. Like, I, I mean, I do think that what's really great about the, the argument that we have in our party with these two delegates is that we do have two pretty amazing candidates. Yes. Like whether one is – whether you, you lean towards one than the other, you have to admit that it's pretty great to know that we – that our party does have two pretty solid candidates. That I'd be okay with voting for either of them.
1: I'm going to write here's in Uncle Joe on my ballot come November.
2: <laughs> Wasted vote. Um. <laughs> so, like, here's the thing. Elisa and I were actually talking about this the other day. I really hate – That I feel like we're at a point in history where I sort of have to vote along party lines, because at this point, this Republican Party stands for everything that I am against. Mm -hmm. And I feel like casting a vote for any Republican at this point is casting a vote against myself. Mm -hmm. So, no, at this point in history, I would never vote Republican. You know what
1: particularly scares me? The Supreme Court justice nominations. That's mm-hmm. the thing that really spooks me. Because yeah, those fuckers are there forever. Oh god, and such important decisions, like the gay marriage thing earlier last year. Like, oh my god, I, I, I have nightmares just as the thought of what a uh, Republican nominated Supreme Court justice would. Another one would 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 do.
4: Right. And, and there's going to be a number. I think we talked about this one time about how old the current bench is getting. Yeah. There's going to be, they're estimating at least three, oh, um, oh, oh. Supreme Court justices retiring under the next president. You know, I remember my AP government teacher in high school when I was first getting into all this shit, he said to me, if you ever get to meet a presidential candidate or ask a question at a debate, there's only one question you need to ask that will tell you everything you need to know about them. And that is, describe the type of Supreme Court justice that you would nominate. And you'll get a lot of meat on the bones of that answer just from that one question.
2: Not that they'll ever answer that, of course. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's my thing. And genuinely, I have voted for Republican candidates in the past, not in presidential elections, but in local elections. I'm not anti-Republican just because the, of the name I don't care about that. If the Republican Party could seriously have a splinter and have all these crazy Tea Party fuckers go off and do their own thing and then actually come back to being sort of the right of center, pragmatic, rational party that we know they can be, and they put up a moderate candidate who was pro-small government and didn't want to try and like climb up in my uterus to make sure that I didn't have any babies up there, I might vote for that candidate. Mm-hmm. But that's not who they are right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for the the head to head debates. It's gonna get. It's gonna get. It's,
2: it's gonna, gonna get be ugly. great.
1: The social issues. I think that's what's <laughs> really gonna kill them and uh, the Republicans. Their responses. Anyway, one last question here. This comes from Anna. Oh no, you. We already read this. No, we already so did good. this. All right. Well, let's move on to AP choices. <clears throat> I'm dying. <clears throat> Speaking of voices. Hillary and Bernie. If I was voting for these candidates based on their voice, I would, I would, I would go Republican. They both have the most annoying voices I I, I have have heard in recent memory. You don't who find in the Ted Republican Cruz's Party? Yeah, like who in the Republican Party would you choose then? His voice is passable. These Hillary and Bernie, they're just yelling, and Hillary's like, rah, rah, rah. I, and, I and Bernie's like, roar. Rah, rah. <laughs> And they're both groggily, <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, I got to put this on Brogly. mute. Groggily. <laughs> it's really, really <laughs> bad. Last night, I was really getting fed up with Hillary. Anyway, let's move on now to AP choices outside of politics. Yes, believe it or not, this show can talk about things that aren't politics. This is a great one. This is from Kelsey, uh, inspired by our wait-but-why idea. She has a couple of suggestions for this segment. The illegality of the female nipple versus the male nipple simple question Mm -hmm. why the hell do i do, do are we so afraid of the female nipple being out at the beach but males flop their nipples out of the beach no matter how gross they are
2: i think it's because flop generally speaking or at least referring to our normal societal gender norms that we accept the female nipple is considered to be a, a sexual thing that turns people on mm-hmm. whereas like i'm sorry guys there's nothing attractive about your nipples like hmm they do nothing for me so
1: all right well that's fair but i was actually just going to say i i think for for maybe for gays it's more attractive i don't know
2: oh that's true i didn't think about that
1: yeah yeah, think about the gay people for once, yeah,
2: no, your well, I mean, Laura. Yeah, check privilege, No, I, hey, listen, I try, Jeez. I try to check my privilege. That's a fucking joke, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> being serious. No, but I actually, for a second, I was like, oh no, I didn't even think about that because, like, of, you know, heteronormativity and things, whatever, yeah, just on, move on. Yeah, Putting you on mute. Well,
1: and conversely, <laughs> conversely uh women full frontal you see that all the time on television yet you rarely see male full frontal i mean not all the time on television but like hbo showtime they'll do full frontal female nudity all the time
3: yeah and it's and it's net and when they do show full frontal on men like it's always flaccid doesn't that piss you off (laughs) (laughs) and it's always and it's always like for a split it's like there's like especially because like usually when you see peen it's always like during or after a, a sex penis? session. Peen, you know, penis. Oh, penis. oh okay. so but I say peen.
4: You should mention, too, that it's not every culture uh, feels this way. I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, cultures in in Africa, for example, where women just let them titties run free and mm-hmm. it's not it's not a big deal. So it's definitely like a it's definitely like a culture culture stigma. Mm-hmm. I have no listen, I am all good with like females going topless. I don't know why it's such a big deal. I'll never forget the fucking Super Bowl when Justin Timberlake ripped that weird little fucking oh
2: pirate, yeah
3: you know, the the, past, the past, pirate the past eye past or past off or of
4: her off of yeah. her nipple, and everyone you know had a field day about it, and I just thought it was ridiculous
1: yeah that i kind of understood because families are watching and with kids you don't really show any
2: yeah but guess about what kids guess have what? a it's a yeah. tit and chances That's are when you were a baby you got close up close and personal yeah, with one of
3: those exactly. big bad boys so i was just gonna say like Again, the kids well, have a closer uh kids have a closer uh of when they were sucking on their mom's titties than adults did right. like oh yeah that was okay. like five or six years ago yeah, I, I was that was mine. I take back what I said.
1: It just contradicted everything because it was—if it was Justin Timberlake's tit, nobody would have complained. Well,
4: because because you're no, but you're right, Andrew. Your your reaction to that is is exactly what Laura was saying. The reason that it was not family friendly is because people perceive the woman's boob to be sexual in nature. That's why. And you don't even
3: fuck tits. Oh, sorry. I mean, you, you can't fuck you tits. Can
2: i mean um, yeah I
4: mean, you like,
2: totally can i
3: i, I guess but <laughs>
4: laura's like would you like a demonstration
3: <laughs> <laughs> no i think laura's like don't you remember yeah,
4: the answer to <laughs> that riddle is yes
3: this this reminds me
1: we talked about uh getting close to a tit a minute ago and uh remember my my lesson to all of you about a gold star gay i think i educated elisa on that i recently heard the f- phrase platinum star gay are you ready for what this means this means you were born via C-section and you ended up gay. So in other words, you never even touched a vagina coming out of your mother. You've never touched a vagina. That is a platinum star gay. This wow.
4: Is, this is getting weird. Is this getting <laughs> weird? Platinum star. But I feel like why, why is it a platinum star? Why is that such a fantastic thing that you never touched a vagina? It's well it just means Well if you that don't you like are so, them No no no, it, yeah. just no means fuck that. You are,
1: it just means you are such a pure gay like No that <laughs> No that's sure.
4: not purity What kind of weird li- Okay, listen, this is my promise to you, okay? If I ever meet a platinum star gay, I'm rubbing my cooch all over them. <laughs> that's what's gonna go down because I'm sick of this shit. I think it's weird.
3: I love it. I like being a gold star gay. <laughs> you are not a gold Wait, star gay. So- Were you born? Were
1: you oh. was it a C section? No, no, platinum star – I'm not a – I don't know if I'm a platinum star gay, but I know I'm a gold star gay, and that means you've never had sex with a woman.
4: All right, Andrew, well – okay, fine, but I'm taking you to task on this next time. All right,
1: all right. One more AP choice. This is from Melissa. What I would like you guys to discuss is going back many months to when Laura was describing voting practices in Costa Rica. Oh, we are talking politics again. And everyone was wishing it was more like that here. I've been really taken with the idea of making Election Day more like the Super Bowl. Even people that aren't into sports slash politics still get the day off, cast their votes, go to their friend's house, and watch the results. Elisa and Laura seem like they know better than I do how to start a movement. So is this something we could actually move toward? How do we start? Petition our employers to make it a paid holiday? Try to get big companies to spend extra effort on their ads that day? Just invite our friends to make it a party? Seriously, we could even make it a hashtag then Melissa suggests hashtag Superbowl
4: election day. What do you guys well, think of this?
2: I think be- we can totally do it.
4: To be clear, I barely know how to start my car, let alone a movement. But um, um yeah, I love this idea though. Super Bowl election, hashtag Superbowl election. I think it's fantastic.
1: Especially when you think about like what days we do take off for president's day uh columbus day no columbus are you day?
2: fucking kidding me we take columbus day but not election day yeah come on guys but this
1: would be but the republicans wouldn't want this right because there would be more people voting which would mean uh more people voting democrat
2: is that right generally speaking if more people vote the results tend to be favorable for democrats right but i think that if the republican party would just get its shit together that could be very different. Um, and I think you're right. The Republican Party, as it stands right now, would probably not be for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? I think that we can take small steps to start stuff like this on our own. Have your own election parties. Hold you know, hold a House party. Invite yeah. people. Put it up on social media. Um, if you can ask for paid time off work and you want to ask for that on election day, do that. I mean, if we start, if we start doing it and it becomes a trend, then who knows what we can change?
4: Yeah, I was just going to, I was actually, I was going to, I agree with that entirely. I think if you take this, everyone just start taking election day off, regardless, just everyone, if everyone, that's how you start it. I don't think you're going to convince Congress to pass the legislation initially. I think that there needs to be a mass showing of support first. So if you want to use that, if you want to put that hashtag to good use, Use it to convince people across different states and different regions to use a paid vacation day for that. And once, and once legislators see that there's mass support for it, they'll have to follow. We don't, we don't follow legislators. They follow us. They follow our, the vote. They do what we say because then they don't get reelected. So they have to see that there's support for it and then it'll happen.
1: Moving on now to this is a, New, new segment here on millennial I'm calling it Snapchat choice <laughs> so uh I recently hoard out my Snapchat account to the millennial group on Facebook uh when I made regrettable decisions on New Year's Eve and uh I had a lot of people following my horrific night in which I drank too much and then ruined myself for the next day anyway Holden Jones he's a millennial listener he was one of the people uh who uh Followed me on Snapchat, and he happened to message me the other day uh, with his message, and he had nice things to say about the show. But he also asked an interesting question, and he, he asked if we could pose it on Millennial. And I said, well, you just snapped me a photo of your dick. Sure, I'll be happy to do that for you. He asked, if there was a perfect clone of you, same age and everything, with preferable genitals, and gave consent, would you have sex with it? And Holden says, I've been sending that around to friends lately, and the diversity of responses has been really interesting. So, would you guys have sex with yourself if it had the genitals that you like to have sex with?
2: Um,
4: no. no. I, wouldn't. Really? I wouldn't. I don't jive with myself. That's the thing. Is I need, I'm need. i very much a case of opposites attract. I like the the kind of person that i like in bed is the opposite of me do you know what i'm saying so like for example if you're someone who but all right listen i'll put it into gold star gay terms for you okay, <laughs> okay thank you. so if if you're a top you don't want another top if you're a bottom you don't want another bottom the only yeah. way that the only way that works is if you know you're versatile and you're down with anything and then obviously you're cool but i think i have like a preferred dynamic and so you know Mm. See what I mean?
1: I guess, but I mean, you 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 don't look for another something that's equal to a top if you're a t- top. You're, I don't know how that would equate to the the male in female. straight sex. Yeah, in straight sex.
4: Well, some, for example, some women like to like to be the ones who are to take control and who are more, the more aggressive one. um You know, or for example, some people like it super, just sort of casual and vanilla and chill, and like we're just gonna missionary our way to orgasm now, (laughs)
1: like that's it. Well, maybe you could talk yourself into being the person that you want them to be. You know, whatever position you
2: uh, want. uh, (laughs) I don't think that would ever happen Mm. with anybody sharing elisa's personality
1: okay
3: i just right.
2: don't think that's gonna happen matt matt what's your answer fuck i matt. would
3: totally fuck myself
2: <laughs> well, of course you would look at you well, i know i mean
3: <clears throat> i just want to see what the what all the fuss is about
4: <laughs> okay <laughs> you fucking ass <laughs> would would you fuck yourself if your other self was a woman
3: yes
2: all right well but the answer is always,
3: always yes. Yeah, it's, it's always going to be yes. It's always going to be like why the fuck not? Like we're human. Yeah, I think it I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to do once. I would um wait, a Laura, Lisa, hole, you right, would Andrew? N- you would not have sex with a with a male version of yourself? No. Why? Okay. Well, wait, they... no. Matt,
2: you know I you know I date Republicans, so that's like an automatic oh, out.
3: Wow. Oh. Well, Okay, but yeah, I guess just see your point.
1: All right, well thank you, Holder, for that. Uh I pissed off all the co-hosts by asking that question, but there you go. You
4: didn't piss
2: us off. No. Oh, okay. That was uh, fascinating.
1: Okay. All right. Okay, so uh Laura, you have a new game for us this week.
2: That's right. So you guys know that Millennial loves to talk about stories that are hidden from the headlines. Well, this week, we're going to kind of combine Hidden from the Headlines um, with sort of a game format. It's going to be called Hidden from the Headlines Fake Out Edition. So I have assigned each of my three co-hosts with a news blurb from a story that they will read to you. Two of these stories are real. One of them is fake. The hosts are going to try and guess on air which one they think is the fake story. And we won't reveal what the right answer is until next week. So if you want to play along, don't Google it, you filthy cheaters. But if you don't, if you don't want to play along and you want to Google it and find out the answer, that's fine. But don't spoil anybody else. We're going to put up a poll in the Facebook group and see what you guys think. Okay. Everybody okay, understand?
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: All right. Andrew, you have the first blurb.
1: Japanese artist Megumi Igarashi is being fined for transmitting images of her genitals that could be reproduced on 3D objects. Igarashi's vag has been reproduced in the form of phone cases, and most notably, a kayak. Critics Ooh. looking to sink this vagina kayak artist applauded her prior arrest in 2014 for selling the image of her baby maker to pang recipients igarashi has stated that she used to be really uncomfortable with her vagina and even had vaginal rejuvenation surgery but she says that through her art she hopes to make quote pussy more casual and pop
4: and (laughs) what
1: laura you should write for a newspaper i think
2: you think yeah Mm -hmm.
1: i
3: like it pussy pop
2: (laughs) pussy pops all right elisa you have the next one All right. A popular park in San Francisco recently
4: reopened with a new feature, an open air urinal in order to combat the city's public urination problem. Quote, honestly, we were ready to go pee anywhere, said one San Francisco resident. The urinal is a welcome addition to the park, and while it is out in the open, it is reported to provide limited privacy through plants and a screen. Proponents of the new porcelain god are rejoicing that they will no longer be victims of the urine repellent paint the city began using last year, which makes urine spray back on the offender. What?
3: <laughs> oh, I hope this is true. This is what we need.
2: <laughs> All right. And Matt, you have the very last one.
3: Very last. All right. So PETA is facing heavy critiques over a recent social media movement led by a small group of its activists entitled Instamurder, which seeks to infiltrate the social media presences of prominent local figures and groups associated with farming, breeding, and other practices deemed, quote, exploitive by the animal rights group. Quote, this is how I make my living, said Dave su- Said Dave Suddenfeld of Suddenfeld Farms of Indiana. The farm's Facebook page was hacked and flooded with pictures of bloodied, slaughtered animals and hashtag Instamurder. He added, we don't even kill livestock here. PETA has responded, saying they, quote, do not condone or encourage our volunteers to participate in cyber hacking.
2: All right. Thank you, guys. So I I want to give you guys a couple of seconds to think about which one you think is the fake story. And you can go ahead and make your guesses. I think it's mine. I think mine was the fake story.
3: I think Elisa's was, too.
2: The, The toilet story?
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Okay. I want it to be real.
3: <laughs> I know it's what we need.
4: I'm cheering for it. Uh,
1: it's I, I, San Francisco. I know somebody up there who lives there and it is so fucking weird that this would not surprise me. <laughs> I hear these stories about people having sex on beaches and there's other guys like w- w- like like watching from a distance. Like it there's some weird public displays of dicks going on up there. So so this would not surprise me. Um, uh, so I'm gonna actually go with, uh, mine because I just can't imagine this situation in which vaginas are being, uh, a particular person's vagina is
3: being reproduced on things like a kayak.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, what do you think?
3: I, oh, I already said it was Elisa's.
2: Oh, you did? Okay. I'm sorry. I must have missed that um so we're not going to reveal the answer today we will reveal it next week but we will have a facebook poll up in the group if you'd like to play along at home remember if you google it and find out the answer don't spoil it for everybody else don't be that guy okay or and girl. yeah or girl that's right we don't or discriminate person. here check your privilege andrew <laughs> Yay. yeah it was my fault i need to check my privilege check your privilege episode. laura that's right so I hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see how this goes. And if it goes well, we might play it again on another episode. Yeah, it's fun. It's like uh, it's like two truths, one lie. Yeah, it's
4: cool fun. because we're going to find out next week that two of these stories are fucking real. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's what I'm waiting for. I don't care about the fake one. I don't want to know which two which two places in this country are going down the toilet. That's why I want to know.
1: Okay, it is time now for Surprise Bitch. This is where we... Call one of our Patreon supporters. Surprise! Because...
2: Surprise, bitch!
1: <laughs> Tiara, are you there? What? This is Millennial. What's up?
0: Oh, hi. Hey. Sorry, hold on. Sorry, I'm in New York, so oh. I'm not used to.
1: You're, yeah, you're in New York, like the state or the city?
0: No, I'm in I'm in Manhattan right now.
1: Oh, I was <gasps> just there. Why didn't I run into you?
0: Uh, because I'm on. I just came uh, on Saturday. Oh.
3: It's also a city. Like you just, <laughs> like you just moved there.
0: <laughs> no, I'm here visiting. Um, my husband and I got married right, so I don't know i Oh, oh, no, congratulations! Uh, thank you.
1: What, what do you What are you guys doing there? And this, like anything fun?
0: Well, yeah, my sister, or uh, my um, sister-in-law, so my husband's sister lives in Tribeca oh cool
3: oh nice yeah
0: so she kind of like she kind of um like surprised us and got us a hotel for a couple of days in um the Quinn which is off of West 57th and 8th I want to say or 6th one of the two but it was a oh. really really nice hotel we got the penthouse suite
3: that's oh, that's yo. nice. That's really, that's really cute who are you voting for president
0: wow Um, just dive right in well i'm a democrat so i'll either vote for Hillary or Bernie
1: did you watch the 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 caucus results come in last night
0: um i did and i was a little bit shocked by how close it was but i'm really thankful that it wasn't Trump
3: (laughs) yeah it hurt his ego a little bit yeah and he wasn't really quiet about it either which I'm happy. I'm no. happy that we're seeing him being a sore loser.
0: Are you... I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of a dick. Mm-hmm.
3: Are
1: you planning on seeing any shows or anything while while you're there in New York?
0: Um, I have to say I hate musicals. I'm sorry. Oh. Me too.
1: Oh, my God. You hate I'm
0: musicals. I'm sorry. Like, no, I'm with dance, you. So I'm thinking about going to the ballet. Oh, cool. Oh, pretty. I
1: mean. <laughs> yeah.
0: <it's> like, pretty? <laughs>
1: I, I, I'm i glad you're not going to a musical, actually, because at the top of this episode, I warn listeners how I paid an ex- exorbitant amount of money for two drinks at Book of Mormon
3: last week. I was disgusted. Okay, but you were know, dumb enough not to, to bring it. a flask. Like You have to pregame and then bring something with you. I know. I know I will. Well,
0: pregaming is not really a problem for me.
3: I pregame like
0: nobody's business because I'm poor.
1: Oh, so you always pregame? You're saying?
0: I always pregame. Always. It's at least least a a glass and a half of white wine before I go anywhere.
3: Do
1: you? Do you bring flasks everywhere then? No, but my husband does.
3: Damn right. I like those flasks. (laughs) At our wedding, he just handed
0: out flasks.
1: (laughs) That's funny. To for people like pour their own drinks in or something.
0: No, he handed
1: them out full of fireballs. Oh, that's fun. All right, well, Tiara, thank you for your support. Have a nice time in New York, and uh, talk to you later. All right,
0: I'm excited to listen to the episode now. Yeah, for sure. It's a good one. (laughs) More than usual. (laughs) Thanks for answering. Thank you.
1: All right, that was Tiara, and that's what we have for everybody this week. A quick plug for our Patreon. This is the first episode of the month. So that means, you know, not only is it Laura's time of month, but it means that $2 patrons have access to this week's installment of After Dark, as well as hashing it out. And we're getting close to our next goal on Patreon, and we're looking forward to some other big benefits in the future as we raise more money, including hour-long After Darks, and live shows, and a whole bunch of other things, so... Visit patreon.com slash millennial will appreciate your support. And also, if you want more information on those benefits, you can go to millennialshow.com and click on the New Year New Goals post to see yeah. what we're planning in the new year. Does
3: Patreon allow nudity? Oh, what What are you saying? You're, you're going to post nude pics? No, because this episode got me. I, like, I have some ideas.
1: I don't, I mean, it's behind a paywall, so I don't see why not unless one
3: of our patrons reported you for your nude, but. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not saying it. So, okay, cool. Well, <laughs> okay. If you're a patron, then be ready. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you everybody for
1: listening. We need an outro song, and I think we're going to do something from Book of Mormon. <laughs> What's your favorite Book of Mormon song, Elisa?
3: Oh,
4: oh man, I don't, I don't remember the names, but there was, oh god, what was
3: it? Is it, oh my god, is it? There's one uh, more. what go ahead. My favorite's Hasadiga. Yeah, <laughs> do play that one.
4: Oh, that's a good one. Okay, fine. There's another one well, where like they're all singing about like, something about like, oh, just like turn it off. Yeah, like, the lights. Yeah, okay, turn it off.
1: that's yeah. what it is.
4: Yeah. That's hilarious.
1: That's though. right after Hasad. Diga, EboY, but we'll, we'll play ours this week, uh, Matt and pick. Thanks everybody again for listening. Don't forget, $2 people, After Dark and Hashing It Out are available to you this month. On After Dark, we are going to be talking about the feedback from our previous After Dark. We talked about drugs and we're also going to talk about friends because me and other people I know need tips on how to make friends. And, and I, it really is difficult to make friends these days. <laughs> Yeah,
2: especially when you're a podcast host. For some reason, yeah, it's just much
1: more difficult. Yeah, I, I've went... stopped telling people I do a Harry Potter podcast. I say I do a podcast about that. Probably
4: helps. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I have to tell you guys a story about meeting someone who listened to us, and we didn't. I worked with her, and she didn't realize that I was the person she had been listening to. <laughs> okay, I have to tell you guys that story. By the way,
1: right, I'm, I'm kidding. I I love doing muggle cast for the record all right so thanks everybody for listening <laughs> all right i really do uh, millennialshow.com facebook.com slash millennial show and twitter.com slash millennial show and extra plug for our facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash millennial show we're gonna have the guess who's drinking poll as well as the hidden from the headlines fake out edition poll <laughs> i'm andrew
4: i'm elisa
2: i'm laura
1: and i'm matthew See everybody next week for season two, episode five. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.
1: Now you try. (laughs) Stand up tall. Tilt your head to the sky and list off the bad things in your life. But he took our luggage away Hasadiga Iboi The plane was crowded and the bus was late Hasadiga When the world is getting you down There's nobody else to blame and well, well. Raise your middle finger to the sky And curse his rotten name Wait, what? Hasadiga Iboi Am I saying that? No? Excuse me, sir, but, but what exactly does that phrase mean? Well, let's see Ibawai means God, and has means fuck you. So I guess in English...